0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn DeGeek in Ocala, Florida.
1: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 28th, episode 3212, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people.
0: I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long. There's got to be another way. So I pick up my guitar and- Everybody hears and they sing along Hey, hey Is that Jared? That
1: is Jared. That is so old. Oh my gosh! I dug that
0: one out of the archives.
1: That shows you how long he's been on the show. That was
0: probably from ten or twelve years ago. And I listened to it this morning, and I went, "Is that Jared?" It
1: is. Well done. I don't
0: know where I found that song. I don't know that he even remembers he did that song. To be honest,
1: I know. Uh, I, I by the way, that's Jared Rogerson, who just recently, two weekends <laughs> ago, did the music and the movement. So that's so crazy. <laughs>
0: It's funny when I listened to it, I was like, I don't even remember this opener. It's been so long ago.
1: He sounds 12. Yeah, he does.
0: uh jamie's gonna do her annual review of how to prepare your horses for fireworks because guess what we started having them here in the neighborhood last night and yeah this we're week, a little late this, weekend, this weekend's gonna be a nightmare uh oh, next three weeks is gonna be a nightmare let's what about this weekend nobody quits just on the weekend uh i'm gonna review the top things to do if you're caught riding in a lightning storm uh that's an odd one but there are a lot of lightning storms right now i have a horses in history for you and you have some weird news uh just a few I also did a poll for the auditors in the post show. We're going to talk about your favorite weird smells, the smells you like that nobody else does. And we're going to see what Jamie and I, we're going to see if Jamie and I think you're really weird. So You know
1: what, though? I was thinking about the weird smells, and I saw them immediately on this post. And I'm like, these are our people.
0: (laughs) And they're not all horse related. There, there's no. some that are not horse related. So we're going to do that in the post show today for you. Also, um, for you that, uh, listen on the Stitcher podcast player. By the way, Stitcher was one of the first ones back when we started in 2000. Eight? It was one of the first players out there. And they just sent an email out to all of their subscribers that they're going away August 29th. Uh, Stitcher will be no more. So if you listen to us on Stitcher, you're going to need to find a new podcast player. I use Podcast Addict. Which what Do you use the Apple one?
1: I just use the Apple one, yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, if you have an Apple phone, you can just use the Apple one. They're supposed to have done an update to the Apple one with the latest new operating system. So when when you do your new update for your entire phone with the latest operating system, it should do updates to the podcast player. Uh, because remember, they had some problems, and it wasn't so good for a while. They're trying to fix all that. So when you do your phone update, you should get a new podcast player. I assume you have not updated your phone.
1: Me? <laughs> Do I have to do something to do that? Didn't it just do it automatically? I,
0: I don't know. Some phones are set up that way and some are not. So I don't know whether yours did it or not. Also, I feel like we had this conversation not too long ago about ketchup, about whether you put ketchup in the fridge or you leave it out. Uh, and we were That was all,
1: not me. That was your your other
0: girlfriend. Might, might, might have been. But Heinz came out with a ruling, officially. Declared what should happen. So do you? I leave didn't your- realize
1: that where ketchup is stored was such a heated dependent. Apparently
0: the people who leave ketchup out and the British especially leave ketchup out. They never put it in the fridge because they like it warm, but well, they like everything warm. They don't put ice in their drinks either. But are you a keep it out or put it in the fridge or don't you use ketchup? Yeah, you use I ketchup. I don't use ketchup. No? It's disgusting. Okay. So, and,
1: and, and to be fair, like thinking of warm ketchup kind of makes me.
0: <laughs> I know, me too. Ugh. That's why I leave it in the fridge. So we're in the fridge, but about half the world is leave it out and never put it in the fridge. Ugh. Apparently, Heinz came out and settled the debate, which caused another debate on Twitter blew up. Uh, because of the important things we have to discuss in this world, they said that after it's opened, it should be put in the fridge.
1: Oh, cold ketchup it is.
0: (laughs) It has high acidity. And after you open it, it should go in the fridge. Now, everybody was saying, you know, I've left mine out for years. I haven't gotten sick. And they said, you're not going to get sick necessarily. What it does is it degrades the taste the longer it's not refrigerated. You
1: mean the corn syrup that people, that Heinz puts in their ketchup starts to degrade? That's so weird. Yes,
0: apparently, yes. (laughs) So there you go for all of you people. Now, there'll be a post on the auditor room and this will become a debate. So that's the official, though. Heinz says, refrigerate your ketchup.
1: I'm kind of in the, in the if I open it, refrigerate it kind of Yeah, we are, too, category. like anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. am just going to go like, ahead and stick that in there. Let's not take
0: a chance. Let's just put it in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We get, a, like, maple syrup and stuff. We didn't put that in the fridge. I don't know if you're supposed to.
1: That's corn syrup. The actual maple syrup goes in the fridge. When you buy Aunt Jemima, that's No, no, that's I not meant real. actual
0: maple syrup. Is that supposed to go in the <laughs> fridge?
1: Yes, that goes in the fridge.
0: Well, but it's just natural. Why would I have to
1: put it in the fridge?
0: <laughs> like, See? Literally, <laughs> if
1: you open it, put it in the fridge. They say you don't have to put hot sauce in the fridge. I don't want warm hot sauce. I keep hot sauce in the fridge. I like it cold.
0: Oh, yeah. See, I, I would think hot sauce would keep for like 89 years outside the fridge. Cause it's... <laughs> I
1: don't care. If I've opened it, There, I don't want little bacteria climbing in it. <laughs> I want my bacteria to sit nice and slow and unable to get up the bottle.
0: So officially here on horses in the morning, if you open the bottle, put it in the fridge. That's the rule.
1: It's kind of like um like my mom. Th- this always bothered my, my grandmother, I think too, because she can't grow up in the depression. But my mom's thing was if in doubt, throw it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have that one too. <laughs> and
1: so I think that's why I refrigerate everything because if it's in my pantry, I'm like, oh, gotta throw it away. There's I at know, least once terrible. a week
0: when I get something out that's leftovers and I show it to Jennifer and I say, which
1: day did we eat this? If you can't remember <laughs> when you had it, you should throw it out. Well,
0: that's usually what we end up doing. And my, the next question is, is, is it green? And I'm like, no, it's not green, but I don't remember quite what day. So so like you know. if it, the
1: cheese end gets green, do you just like shave that off or do you have to throw the whole thing away? I throw the we whole can thing get into the whole discussion. I because
0: I don't like uh, moldy cheese anyway, that kind of stinky cheese. So if it's green for for me, it's gone. And I know you can cut it off and use it. I get it, but I can't.
1: Glenn's the, if in doubt, throw, throw it, out it
0: out category. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another t-shirt for our collection we could make a million dollars off of.
1: I know, right? Happy
0: Well, we have a couple of auditor birthdays today. Aaron King, Taylor Renee, uh, D. Sabantino, and Allie Henninger. Happy birthday to all of you. We hope you have a terrific day.
1: Uh, daily when he goes to a listener of ours named Mary Calkins, Mary is trying to get me in trouble and she's also trying to do, uh, she's trying to do good, but also going to get me in trouble. And I will have more information on this next week, but just know, (laughs) Mary, thank you very much. You've begun. Is Mary going to
0: cause you to get divorced?
1: oh see it's like <laughs> one of those things like somebody messaged me yesterday um i've got a friend who would like to board their horse she's really great she's awesome and these are the, the i have i have two boarders the same family they keep two horses here and they were like, we have this friend and they'd like to be a border and they're just great people like and the horse date. is super nice and <laughs> I just wonder. And so I told Chad, I'm like, hey, we got a request for another border and apparently she's super cool and he's like, I don't understand why <laughs> we finally start to get the numbers down and you want to bring them right back up. So I had to go to my border. But this is and a I'm, paying one. <laughs> I know. He, yeah, I know. So I said to the borders, I said, all right. She was like, So, what do you think? And I was like, Here's what Chad and I agreed on. If you're willing to give up your spot for her, she
0: can come. <laughs> all of a sudden, that wasn't happening, was and it? And
1: they were like, Never mind. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Never mind. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, So, she's probably sent me 10 people that because she posted about being at my farm and how great it is and all those wonderful things. And yeah, I'm like, and as, listen, as
0: we know, we're always looking for a new boarding stable that's perfect.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And mine's perfect.
0: So <laughs> everybody wants that perfect boarding stable.
1: It's not a boarding stable. It's my house. So it's like it's going be, to be perfect because I live here. So, yeah. So they're awesome people and I love them. And I'm like, if you want to give up your spot, then she can come. <laughs> Never mind.
0: <laughs> Chad's going to move out one of these days. Oh, yeah. He's so like, Mary's- you live at the house. I'll live over here.
1: Mary's doing her darndest to just continue to add strife to this marriage, and I'll (laughs) fill you in more next week.
0: You know where there's some strife happening? That's in Broward County, Florida. Oh,
1: my God, this is so (laughs) terrible.
0: It's not just elections. Remember, that was the election with uh, George Bush. It was Broward County, where they had to count the chads. That was the same county. (laughs) The hanging (laughs) chads. Hanging chads. Well, they're not having hanging chad problems. They're having giant... African land snail problems. There are no. It sounds d-
1: like a character on SpongeBob. <laughs> it does. It's the giant African land snail. snail. <laughs>
0: And he has a funny accent. Um, known to be one of the most dangerous species of giant African land snails, they've quarantined the counties, and they've said that you're not allowed to move them or move produce or basically move any plants, including soil, compost, yard waste, in or out of the area without a, a compliance agreement from the Agricultural Department. So basically, this Broward County is under horticultural uh, quarantine
1: lockdown yeah lockdown so what so you can't move the snail or plants that it's touched or dirt or compost or yard what do you just burn everything i don't know
0: how you kill snails either i didn't it didn't say in the article but they eat at least 500 different types of plants they can they can chew through are you ready for this stucco plastic recycling bins and signs metal signs Their their calcium shells bear pointy edges sharp enough to blow out tires of vehicles that run over them. How big are these things? These these are pretty big. Um, The snails also pose a health risk to humans because they carry a parasite called, are you ready for it? Anybody eating breakfast, I apologize. Rat lungworm.
1: It's a parasite called rat lungworm. Lungworm. where they like, let's figure out all the horrible (laughs) things and put them all in one one (laughs) word,
0: which can cause meningitis, which is fun apparently. Um, So, (laughs) so we have these giant snails that are going to blow out your tires, eat everything in sight, including your house, and they're going to kill you.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh! Welcome to Florida. (laughs) How did I mean? Seriously, people, Florida just is ridiculous. But like. I've done in weird news stories. Like somebody was smuggling snails through their luggage, you know, and like they got, you know, arrested and all that. But like is this is this the snail that they were smuggling? I don't know. This is just horrible.
0: These things usually do come but over you, in it, luggage or or, or produce or something. It also makes
1: me say, I am not going to Africa. If these are just a random land snail that they have, like, <laughs> they can't be just running around Africa everywhere. I don't know. Uh, let porn. me look
0: up how big uh, is, uh, let me look that It up. can't
1: be uh, small considering it's called a giant African land They do snail.
0: look like giant, oh, they reach eight inches in length and five inches in diameter. <laughs> oh, my God. So it's like a football.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dear God.
0: <laughs> These are with, oh, my God. Somebody's holding them in their hand, and it's the entire length of their hand, if not longer. And it has a hard shell, and then their their front part sticks out like a snail, but it sticks out like the entire length of the shell, and it's really ugly. Oh, okay, oh i got to search oh. for this. Yeah, oh, look why
1: would you touch it? <laughs> Don't touch it.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure Kevin is proud to be a sponsor of the Giant African Land Snail Show. And they're coming up right now. We'll be back with a dramatic reading. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel, and trailering can throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and immunity, performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propanate on the market today. ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about ChemTrace Chromium at Kemon.com slash Chromium EQ. That's K-E-M-I-N K-E-M-I-N.com slash Chromium EQ.
1: Okay, hold on. Before we get to the dramatic reading, I Googled giant African land snails. And you know how like they'll come up with some pictures of it, which is mm-hmm. horrifying. Mm-hmm. Then there's like the questions that people yeah. ask about it. And first one is why are are giant African snails illegal? And the next one is can you keep a giant African land snail as a pet? <laughs> Let me go ahead and answer that for no. you. No, don't do that.
0: <laughs> Did it, it was the next one? How do you get rid of them?
1: Uh one is what to do if you find a giant African oh, land snail. Okay, the answer for that one, if you find one, contact your state USDA officer plant pest control agency immediately. You must uh, if you must handle snails, wear gloves. Avoid bodily contact, particularly with your eyes, nose, and mouth.
0: <laughs> I'm not getting near this thing.
1: <laughs> what is the lifespan? They live six years.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, butterflies live 11 days. They're pretty and beautiful. The giant African snail, seven years.
1: <laughs> um. By the way, don't let your dog play with them, because they can p- pass on potentially fatal rat lungworm parasites. <laughs>
0: Ugh. All right, let's take a cleansing breath. Oh my uh, god.
1: Ugh. I need a drink or something.
0: <laughs> we've we've talked about rotten ketchup and uh, giant African land snails so far this morning. What else do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna talk about getting struck by lightning later. Oh, yeah,
1: that'll be fine. That's and then chipper. we're going to go with weird news, which uh, just, just all sorts of dead people. Oh, uh, and we're going to talk remains. about
0: fireworks scaring your horses today, too. We got a whole day of drama ahead this is for you. such
1: an uplifting <laughs> show. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Wow. All right. So
0: dramatic reading. What's the story here?
1: Okay, so um, I was perusing the HRN Auditor Facebook page, which is uh, always, it's never dull. It's never dull. And Allison proved that. And I just feel like I've had experiences somewhat similar to this. And I don't know all the backstory on all of this, but I read it and I'm going to read it on the show as I read it in my head. And so Allison doesn't know we're doing this. So (laughs) you posted it. We get it. Um, So I'm going to also have to like edit for language. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Dramatic reading. A long day finally over, showered, fed, and bed. I turn the window fan and I peek out to see my pony standing statue still. He lowers his head to the ground and then back up. What are you doing? He repeats the odd behavior. Something must be in the forest. He's intently looking into the trees. I look around and I think, where are the other horses? Oh, my God. Where are the other? Oh, my God. They're not in the property. They're out in the woods. I run through the house and shove my feet in the closest shoes. One running shoe, one Ariat boot. (laughs) Crap. crap. Oh, well, go, go, go. I say as loud, I say out loud as I grab a flashlight, slamming the door behind me. I run as fast as I can down the stone steps to the courtyard. My heart is racing, and I'm terrified they'll head towards the road. I shine my light on the fence. It's down. It's all down. I sprint to the barn, and I turn the box off, and I stall the one pony that didn't leave. Shining my light on the fences, all I can think about is, how am I going to tell my board or her horse got out and got hit by a truck? I'm panicked running down the fence like damn it where did you guys get out the perimeter fence was still standing the stalled pony then starts to panic so I run back to him and I throw him some hay and I say there's nothing that I can do pony nothing my heart sinks and my adrenaline raises I've got three horses off the property none of them are wearing halters one is completely wild I'll never get her back what will I tell her owner (laughs) I hear hoofs galloping on pavement. Shoot, 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 shoot. They're on the road. They're on the road. I sprint back up the stone path and the house for my car keys. I get in my car. I peel down the drive and I step on the gas. Oh, shoot. That was not shoot. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you, God. You're not off property. Okay. Think. Breathe. They're all here. I need grain. Oh, yeah. Well, oh. All the down wires were in the courtyard. Yeah, usually follow the path of the down wire. My pony knew something was in the woods, and I, I, just, I thought it was the other horses. So I yard all the other ones. I put the three escape artists away. I fed everyone extra hay, and I took one more peek out into the woods. What do I see? Nothing, except a pair of unusually large eyes. Sasquatch. It's one thirty a.m. and I think my heart rate finally came down and up to sleep. Good night.
0: <laughs> We've all had these nights.
1: <laughs> I I mean I can so relate to like putting on one shoe and one boot. I'm like here's a boot, here's a flip flop. It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs>
0: and, and when you, I love when she automatically goes to the horses are on the road and dead
1: because oh, yeah. that's
0: where your mind goes immediately is the worst possible scenario.
1: Oh, they're all dead. At one in the they're morning. not. They're going to die, and then I'm going to have to sort through that. Yeah, totally. So, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> again, I, you're all my people. Everybody listening to this is my person. <laughs>
0: we lived in Newville. We had our farm there. It was about 25 acres, and we lived along a road. And I can't tell you how many nights we got up and the horses were on the road at three in the morning. Oh.
1: Just- I, I, I remember very distinctly two Decembers ago, it's getting close to Christmas time and my house, you know, is set fairly far back from the road, you know, like on the back of our property. And uh, I was like, maybe midnight and I'm in bed and I hear a <laughs> like, oh God, that's not good. Yeah. Um, so I go to the door, Chad goes to the door, he's like, It's I'm like, either the up?
0: police or your horses are out.
1: <laughs> and it's just some guy, and he's like, a truck, and he's like, hey, um, I think y'all's horses are out, and I was like, no, no, that's not possible, they're out in the pasture. He's like, no, there's some horses out, they've run down the road, and I was like, excuse me? Well, he was like, I'm like, they're not ours, mine are in the, in the, in the road, we've got gates, uh, front gates. And he's like, well, do you have a horse that has a big red blanket, it's a gray horse, and I was like, Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Panic, panic, panic. And uh, yeah, so we had an electric gate and it shuts, but it uh, malfunctioned and it closed because they started doing this afterwards. It would close and then reopen about six feet.
0: Yeah, just enough for horses to get out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And of course, the perfect storm had to happen because there's like three gates they have to get through to get to that gate. And uh, the cool thing is that they were horse and hound horses, so they're not even mine. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That was real fun. Catching
0: the third reds on the road, playing with traffic. Yeah,
1: I I mean, then I lose my job because I killed two horses on the road. I get it. That's exactly where my heart went. They're dead. It
0: always goes there immediately when you get out the door. It's like, oh. No,
1: the perfectly ironic thing was they actually my in-laws live in the neighborhood nine-tenths of a mile away and they were two houses away from my mother-in-law's house <laughs> which if a prince would have gone in her lawn oh my god i'd be dead
0: hey i have an amazing miraculous i'll, I'll, I'll i have an upbeat story for the show
1: Okay, tell me something. Okay. Good.
0: Yeah, this is good. I just reminded me when we were talking about the pe- uh, things getting loose. So when we had our 100-acre property in Pennsylvania, we had the best dog. It's still Jennifer's lifetime dog. Name was Hand, and it was an outside barn dog. Would not come in the house, period. Just didn't want to have anything to do with the house. Well, one winter, it was December, the Hooli G- left and never came back. We had 100 acres, and she still wandered off. Left and never came back. It was over a month later. It was the week between Christmas and New Year's. All of a sudden, a truck comes riding down the driveway, and Houlihan was in the truck. And what had happened is she had gotten stuck in an animal trap in the woods. (gasps) Oh! Spent three weeks stuck in an animal trap in the woods. Survived. Came back. Now, foot was all screwed up and eventually healed. Those Uh, are
1: illegal. They're they're illegal. Illegal in most places. It's Pennsylvania,
0: <laughs> so um, redneck central. So uh, he he found the tag and brought her back. She, we had thought she was long dead. You know, an animal had gotten her or something. Bear got her, whatever. Uh, but she was alive, and now she couldn't walk for, like, another month, and she would not come in the house to re- to rehabilitate. We had to set up a bed in the barn. It was cold out. We put a blanket on her, and she would manage to hobble to go to the bathroom and stuff. We And then eventually her paw actually healed. And she lived for another couple of years after that. But there was why one we on thought was Earth, completely gone. Are you,
1: why are you telling us this? Because it was a happy ending.
0: It's the one thing we're doing today that has a happy ending. <laughs>
1: My dog ran away and got stuck in an animal trap for three weeks. Oh my god! It
0: survived, though. Isn't that a miracle? It's a miracle.
1: (gasps) That's a very random story. Did this like just happen? Uh, What? No, no. was, like
0: thirty years ago. It because of animals getting out. See, that's what. such a reach. (laughs) Fireworks. Let's talk about fireworks. (laughs) Let's go from one story to another. Fireworks, everybody's favorite thing uh, if you're on a horse or a dog or anything that's frightened by fireworks. So last night, we live in a neighborhood, and they started. And our neighborhood is probably 70% Latino. And we learned something when we moved here last year. Not only do we not speak their language, um, they also love fireworks. They love fireworks. So if your horses are in an area, Jamie helps us out every year. But I thought before we get into how how you can train your horses for fireworks, uh, I thought I would help you out by giving you some fireworks stats that led me down a rabbit hole this morning. Do you realize that in 2021, Americans alone shot off 428 million pounds of fireworks? $428 428 million 2.2 billion dollars worth. Wow. Do you know that a typical small town fireworks display that lasts 10 to 20 minutes costs them between 2 and 10,000 dollars?
1: I believe it and my neighbors are all invested in that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, in
0: 2021 there were an estimated 1500 emergency department treated injuries associated with fireworks. 1,100 of them involve sparklers. Everybody thinks sparklers are safe, right? But apparently... Give them to the kids. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There were 19,500 fires reported annually because of fireworks.
1: Can I back up to the sparkler injury?
0: Yes. (laughs) Who's...
1: Who's requiring medical attention for a sparkler injury? I don't know what they're
0: doing. Eating them? I don't know what they're doing with this.
1: Emergency department treated injuries, associate 1100 involving sparkles. sparklers.
0: Yes. What are you putting I in your eyeball? I what? I don't, I don't know. Now, would you have a guess? Now, uh, I know you're seeing this, but. It, this my guess was completely wrong the top 5 states for fireworks injuries and i i know where i would have guessed what would you guess the top 5 states for fireworks injuries
1: anywhere where the First thing someone says is, "Hey, y'all, watch this." Exactly,
0: the South is what I would have hey, guessed.
1: Hold my beer.
0: I, I would have guessed Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana would have been my guess. Oklahoma,
1: Texas, yeah, yeah. any, any, you know what? Mm. And I can make fun of the South because I live there. So I'm from Georgia. So like,
0: for yuck. once, we don't win this competition. <gasps> What? Midwestern states took every spot in the top five for the most firework injuries. Oh, well, y'all are stupid. Believe it or not, South Dakota is number one. And considering their population's not great, I would say. Nebraska- is it
1: like a percentage of people that I, live there, maybe? Yes,
0: I think it is. Nebraska took the second spot, followed by Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan. Okay, so, so the South is not the only place with dumbasses, is what I'm saying. We're, we have company.
1: <laughs> They're stupid up north, too! <laughs> the,
0: largest, the largest consumer of fireworks, what would you guess, in the United States? Who consumes more fireworks and uses more fireworks than any other place?
1: Like what state?
0: No, no, no. This is what, what facility, what place shoots off more fireworks than anybody else?
1: Oh, gosh, it's going to be Disney World. Disney
0: World is the largest. Don't they do it like every day? Every day. Get this. Disney World spends $40,000 a night on fireworks every night. That it, just
1: shows you how overflated their ticket prices are. <laughs> they, can y'all drop the price and just stop the fireworks? They just went up
0: again, too. Annually, this adds up to $50 million a year they spend on fireworks. Good
1: Lord, if you're a fireworks maker, that's, your, that's a gig you want. Yeah,
0: you want to bid on that one. The next one is uh the last thing I stat I have for you before Jamie helps us out. By the way, I, if you're hearing noise, we have a thunderstorm going and they're replacing our garage door. So there's a lot of noise going on right now. Uh on average, the average person in the United States that does fireworks spends between $80 and $200. However, your neighbor, the ones who are exceptional in their spending, spend an average of $6 to $800. I fireworks. think
1: my neighbor probably spends two to
0: five thousand dollars. Same as a small town.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, we went to it a couple years ago because it's like a show. <laughs> how like do they four afford to do down. that
0: every year? I don't know how they afford to do it.
1: People, yeah, okay.
0: Once it's you shoot money, it off, it's, it's done. A it's know? a
1: thing. You know what? rich dumb people with money are everywhere
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so what do you do i realize we're we're at the wednesday before it's next tuesday so we're a week away is there anything You you can do to help your horses
1: you got time yeah so there there's this all happened by accident okay so i was training a my my makeover horse in 2019 his name was groot and i was training him to I was shooting bows and arrows off of him. I'm not a mounted archer, but I thought that'd be cool to like do a bow and arrow archery thing for the makeover. And then I was like, "Mm, that's kind of boring. What can I do to make it harder? I was like, what if I shot and pop balloons while I was cantering by? (laughs) Cause why wouldn't you? So I realized I've got to start getting him used to popping balloons. How could they do that? So I, I took the, the target and I put balloons all over the target and right next to his stall, right outside his stall, and I put him in the stall, and I started shooting the balloons and popping them when he would eat. And he would freak out and then go back to eating and then freak out and then go back to eating and then freak it! And then kind of look around and go back to eating. Within like two days, I was shooting these balloons and he didn't care. So I was like, well, that's cool. Like I figured out how to get him used to the sound of the popping and all that. So, um, that was, I think at the end of June, I started doing that. And then July 4th was like right around the corner. And I, I just noticed that they didn't care about the fireworks. Like none of my horses cared. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's cause I was popping all those balloons in the barn and all the horses eat at the same time. So, uh, it is, I learned this by just b- by being there. So um, so what I do every year now, because I have a revolving door of horses, and funny enough, you asked me to do this segment today on the show, and I was actually had started my balloon training this morning. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh my God, I just
0: finished. And the key so, is do it while they're eating because they're distracted, and then they don't focus on it.
1: So if you do it while they're eating, there's something that they really want. And it's almost, I, I mean, if you give them space to run, They're going to run, but they don't have space to run and they've got food and they're most focused on the food. So they, what you do is you, you know, you take, I take my feed cart out and I feed them all. Now I have a bunch of fat horses right now that don't eat much. So I pre blew up the balloons that I was going to pop. But most of the time, if I'm feeding them, they're going to eat for a while. I put the food in, (sighs) blow up a balloon. I have a needle and I pop it. And yeah, it's, it's weird to pop a balloon. Like just close your eyes and look away and pop it. And then they all jump like, Oh my God. And then nothing happened. Like nothing hurt. The noise happened and nothing happened. And they go back to eating. And so they ever so quickly learned that what just happened doesn't matter because nothing hurt. No one's caused pain and they still have the food. And so you wait until they're comfortably back eating food again, blow up another one. (laughs) And then pop it. And within four or five balloons, they don't care. They just keep eating. And and if you do that for three days straight... It's, it's amazing how, and I keep doing it too, you know, and uh, they, cause they're in the stalls, nothing happened, nothing hurt. And you just pop it. And that noise in the barn, a big balloon popping in the barn is going to be louder than a fireworks show down the street, you know, cause it's right in their face. And I will stand right outside their, you know, cause I have a little square cut out and you dump the grain in and they're eating in the corner and I'll stand there and pop it just outside their stall and nothing happens. And now none of them care at all. And none of them care about noisy loud noises about trucks that backfire, about
0: And yeah, that helps when you're planes. riding too, right? Yeah.
1: Oh my god, mm-hmm. yeah, th- things that scare me, my horses don't get scared of. Like I'll be like, "Oh my god, what was that?" and the horse is like, "Shut up," and just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> because it just I don't know what, I don't know why, it just do you so, sense it, it just connects in their brain that loud noises don't matter and it's really uh, great it helps improves the, all of their world.
0: So if your horse is pasture boarded, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to bring them into enclosed cl- in space rather than trying to do this with them just eating out of a pan in the pasture. Because you're right, they would have the opportunity to run then.
1: Yeah, yeah. you you don't want to you just put them in a put them in a stall, put them in panels. I don't know, just do something to where they can't run. And again, they don't. You know, every once in a while, there's a couple horses like Duke, my old angel Duke. He was terrified the first time I, po- I popped it for like probably three or four times. He, now he doesn't care. But he, it was like new to him at 30 you know, or 28. He was like, oh, my God. You know, now he, he doesn't care. But you don't give him the opportunity to run because then they could get hurt.
0: Well, I'll tell you the other thing that works is when we moved to Florida, we moved into a property for eight years that we rented that had a gun range. Uh, yeah. And uh when you when uh you have a landlord that likes to shoot guns all the time, like once a week, uh and uh big guns and little guns, they get really used to it. <laughs> so yeah. So our horses are like, uh, eh, who cares?
1: Well it, it takes me back to <clears throat> the greatest book of all time, Glenn, which is
0: Um Uh War and you Peace. Better- no no. no, no, the
1: greatest book of all time, Black Beauty, uh, yeah. and I think of this. I think of this book all the time, mm-hmm. uh, because my arena is right it's next to my so road. Bad. It's, I don't. I just want to punch you through the microphone <laughs> when you say things like that. <laughs> so, in the book Black Beauty, he talks about how part of his training was he got put onto this field, and long story short. It's right next to train tracks and the train goes by and he talks about how scared he is and how he runs, but like no other horses cared. And the train went by like eight times a day. And at the end of the two weeks, he didn't even notice the trains going by anymore. Um, And so my arena is next to a road. So when I get a horse in for training, I put them in the arena for the first night. So they can just get used to the cars and bikes and all the things that go back and forth down the road. And I always think of Black Beauty because that is what he did or what his owners did, you know, back in the day to get him used to train. And he said he was so grateful for that training because so many horses in London were scared of trains and he was never afraid of them. And I think of like this with the fireworks, like you just expose them to it, but nothing happens. And then it just becomes no big deal. It just becomes part of the background noise. So I hope that's a good explanation. Um, I do suggest you get it done now. Just run up to Walmart and get you know a bag of a stack of balloons and blow them up and pop them. And I do have a little needle thing that I used to pop them because I wanted to be quick. Because God, I hate popping them on my face. But it's always it
0: louder in the barn too.
1: Yeah, it echoes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not too late. Just get started. No big deal.
0: So right now, Stateline TAC is having a, up to 75% off sale because they're moving their warehouses, and they have to get rid of crap. And we did that once when we had our business, and it ain't any fun. It's not fun at all. So you try <laughs> and sell as much as you can before you move your warehouse. So they are having a warehouse clearance. There is, let's see here, 10, 10 pages, uh, 30 per page, that, you know, three, what 3,000? 3, I don't know. A lot of items. You can go there right now. They have helmets, they have boots, they have fly sheets, and uh, limited sizes on all of these things, uh, but they are definitely marked down. Uh, and breeches and just everything and anything. Halters, uh, they have breakaway halters, they have leather halters, all different kinds of stuff marked up to 70% Casual off.
1: fly masks are $14? Oh my god.
0: Yeah, they're probably limited sizes, so check them out. I know a lot of these say only seven, only one left, only ten left. Oh, we So take it. only two left, only four left. So you're going to want to definitely get over there as soon as possible and check out these items because they're getting rid of them so they don't have to move them. That's what we used to do when I worked at, uh, for Bit of Britain at, at Rolex. You always went came shopping the last day because we marked everything down because none of us wanted to pack that crap. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, and plus, it had been, it had always, it had rained, and it was everything was muddy, and it was just a nightmare. <laughs> so, every year at Rolex, and if anybody knows a bit of Britain booth at Rolex, you'll know that we're not talking about a small amount of stuff. There was always no. a large amount of stuff. We always took three big trucks to that. So anyway, State Line Tack. Com. Get your shopping done over there today. Horses in History today is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Today, this is Horses in History, was written by one of our terrific auditors, Biz Stam, and is something a little unusual, but it does tie into horses and farms at the end. A Capable Man by Biz Stam. Gardens are a threshold between what is wild and what has been domesticated by humankind. From potted herbs on a windowsill to a well-planned courtyard, gardens offer the ability to organize and arrange the natural world. In 18th century England, gardens had become a prominent feature of the great manor houses. Meticulously manicured hedges surrounding carefully plotted rows of flowers and rectangular bodies of water were typical of this era. As the task of designing and maintaining these elaborate feats of landscape architecture required a great deal of skill, the position of head gardener carried a great deal of prestige. At one of those great manor houses, Kirk Carl Hall, an ambitious 16-year-old boy, the son of a chambermaid, managed to obtain the position of apprentice to the head gardener. He was a quick learner with a natural gift for the craft. At the age of 23, no longer a boy, but instead a young man, his talent had become undeniable, and he parted ways with the Great Manor House in Kirkharl, seeking bigger stages for his work, and even greater houses. After designing a handful of commissioned pieces, he acquired the position of undergardener at Stowe House in Buckinghamshire, working for the head gardener, William Kent. Kent, already a revolutionary in the realms of painting and architecture, was never one to be satisfied with the status quo. He had grown tired of the straight lines and regimented order that had become common for the day in the gardens of the great manor houses. He wanted to bring a bit of the countryside, a bit of the wild, back to the garden. The young undergardener became quite taken with this more natural style of gardening, drawn to the feelings of harmony and calm it evoked. At the age of 26, the young undergardener was promoted to head gardener. And it wasn't long after that that he created what would later become known as his first masterpiece, the Grecian Valley. Embracing the style of gardening he learned under Kent, the Grecian Valley represented the ideal natural landscape. Word of his genius at Stowe and this new style, dubbed the Gardenless Garden, spread quickly and created an insatiable demand for his designs. He would frequently tell those who commissioned his talents that while he might own a beautiful piece of land, it has the capability for improvement. He said this so often, in fact, that people began calling him by the name Capability. For most gardeners, the task of designing a garden is long and tedious, taking days, if not weeks, to survey the land and draft a design. The young gardener from Stowe, however, worked quickly, supplementing his own two feet with four hooves of a fast horse. Legend has it that the young gardener aided by his horse could survey a piece of land and craft a design in a matter of hours. Because of his ability to work quickly, the young gardener, Lancelot Capability Brown, became quite prolific. He designed nearly 170 gardens throughout England, many of which are still thriving today. There seems to be no lack of poetic justice in the fact that so many of the remaining gardenless gardens, designed by the landscape architect on a fast horse, have become best known for places where elite equestrian athletes gallop and jump over natural-looking obstacles. Some of the most prestigious horse trials in the world, Chatsworth, Blenheim, Badminton, and Burley houses, just to name a few, boast gardens made by the man who became known as Capability. Just as he sought to bring out the best qualities that exist naturally in the countryside, the riders that come to compete at these events must do the same with horses, working with the mighty power underneath them instead of against it. A rider that does this will paint a picture of perfect harmony between man and nature, just as Lancelot Capability Brown did with his garden.
1: I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO, whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small, dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy, anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com, it will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance, so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let
0: US Rider
1: help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24 7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today.
0: Well, it's ironic today that we're, we're right now here in Ocala having a thunderstorm when I'm talking about this. I saw this is to add to our sad news and uh, depressing stuff of the day. Oh
1: God, what now?
0: <laughs> there was a man, 27 year old named Terrell Vineyard, who uh, died of a lightning strike while horseback riding in Nebraska on June mm. the 21st, which reminded me that we haven't talked it for years and years and how, years.
1: Is it weird if I ask how the horse is?
0: Uh, didn't say, I'm guessing it wasn't good. Okay. I'm guessing that neither one of them did well. Um, and you know what's ironic is Jennifer's brother, the Green Bray, has been struck by lightning three times. Like oh, come direct on. hits. Yep. He still lives to tell about it. Um, so the, I did find a terrific article that was on women of, age Ridinghorses.com, women of age riding horses.com. it's a blog but they had an excellent safety tips if you're caught riding in a lightning storm so let's say you're out riding in the mountains or wherever and the storm comes up quickly that can happen and you're stuck obviously their first tip was check the weather before you leave and don't go riding in an electric storm that was their first tip but uh if we go beyond that they did have some good advice and one of them that jamie said earlier in the show was incorrect do not be the highest object. I think we all know that. They do say... So you, that
1: was, you asked me off the air, what would you do in a lightning storm? And I said, said that the best tr- thing to do tree. is to go underneath a tree and hug it. Yeah, and so I that's said no. that's, not,
0: that's not a good thing.
1: <laughs> no? You, no. Mean, you don't stand up on the top of your <laughs> no. barn roof and put your arms in the no. air? Um,
0: Dismount weird. and lead your horse. That's one of the things they do say. Dismount because, you know, if it strikes close by, the horse freaks out, you're going to get hurt falling off the horse. So get off the horse. I don't know whether this guy was on the horse or off the horse. Uh, avoid hills, ridges, and peaks. You want to be at the lowest elevation possible, shelter at the bottom of a ravine, and if you're in a ravine, and you know, in the movies, you would get in the ravine and you would have your horse lay down with you in the ravine. But I'm thinking my chances of getting scooter to lay beside me are slim.
1: I think (laughs) let's snuggle. Let's snuggle. That's
0: one thing we haven't practiced. Um do not use a cliff or a rocky overhang for shelter. If lightning strikes above it, it will travel down on the face of the hill toward the ground uh, where you are. So I would have thought a rocky overhang. I would have went there.
1: Really? I would think that there'd be like, a you know, an avalanche.
0: <laughs> See, I would have went with the rocky overhang. Do not hide in a cave entrance unless you can safely safely move deep within it. The cave is not safe if the floor is wet.
1: What does that mean? Like, it's gonna, like, all of a sudden water's gonna shoot out and flood you? No,
0: no. Uh, you're standing in water at the cave entrance, it hits nearby and it comes through the ground, hits you. because Oh, gosh.
1: I've seen way too many movies. <laughs> I'm like, okay, the cave shuts up and all of a sudden water comes out of the ground <laughs> no, and fills one. up, and you're at the top <laughs> front banging on the rock. Oh my
0: god. I'd be afraid <laughs> lightning would hit and cause the avalanche, and then I wouldn't be able to get out of the cave. But see,
1: you're at the <laughs> okay, I get it. All right, here's what you do As you find a rocky overhang that. As a cliff behind it, that's water on the ground. And then the lightning strikes, it's and perfect. then what's going to happen is the rocks are going to fall in and front of the cave. cave then you're going to be uh, pushed back, forever. and water is going to come up from the ground, and then you're in
0: there. I'm like Coolahan, stuck for weeks. Uh, do not shelter under an isolated tree. So there's yours right there. Seek a, now. This is interesting. Seek a wooded area, ideally where trees are similar sized. Avoid individual trees that stand above the canopy. While a tree remains a lightning target, sheltering within woods lessens the odds of a strike in your vicinity. Makes sense. There's thousands of the trees. Oz, you're, yeah, like... you're one of a the thousand then.
1: How do I inspect the height of trees in a canopy <laughs> when I'm in a lightning storm underneath it?
0: Avoid I mean, water?
1: You're good, but like.
0: All oh, this is happening pretty quickly too. Avoid water, ponds, rivers, creeks, puddles, or anywhere that basically has standing water because water attracts uh, electrocurrent. current. Other conductors to avoid.
1: Isn't it raining in a lightning storm?
0: <laughs> Other conductors to avoid include man-made objects, barbed wire fence, power lines, and wet lead ropes.
1: Oh, you mean I shouldn't like climb so turn on your a power line? Loose? I don't know. <laughs> lightning storms going? What? That's crazy.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're in the open, turn. Oh. If you're in the open, make yourself small by curling into a ball. Again, your horse is above you, so chances are that your horse is dead and you aren't. Uh, if you're in a group, do not huddle together. Spread at least twenty feet apart. I think the reason for that is all of you won't die at the same time. <laughs> Only one of you. It will literally die. says
1: this will reduce the risk. <laughs> so I'm sorry, injuries. I have to make fun of this. So, like, basically, if somebody's like, if so, if we're gonna die, just let's make it one of us and not all of us. So everybody is kind of like. Just spread out, play hide-and-seek, and if you get found,
0: you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, only one of you dies, and the other can get help that way. Uh, uh, if possible, uh, tie your horse me. to a small tree, ground stake, or hobble, and uh, then get 20 feet apart. So, Didn't
1: you tell me not to... <laughs>
0: So basically what, what we're coming down to is... Tie your don't, horse to
1: a tree and let him die. Yeah,
0: don't ride in a thunderstorm. <laughs> That's the key here. The key so, is just don't ride in a thunderstorm because no scenario is great. Do you remember, this? it might have been the endurance episode. This was probably seven, eight years ago. We had the endurance riders on who were doing a world championship in the Philippines. They were in the middle of the jungle. And a wicked storm came up, and they were they were doing a hundred mile ride wicked storm came up, so they they were trying to find shelter a little bit off the trail. Lightning hit right there, it hit the ground like ten feet from them, knocked them both off their horses, threw them off their horses. everybody was okay, but they actually did get hit by lightning in that ride and so, the question
1: tell random uh, remember I told you I was taking my dog to the to get the I the chiropractor the other day, oh, yeah, which yeah. by the way, it's like a different dog. I'm telling you what, she can jump in the ranger now. She can get in the car. It's crazy. Anyway, so that went great. So, um, as I was driving home, it was one of those Oklahoma lightning, crazy storms and pouring down rain. And I was in the truck and I was wondering how safe I was in my vehicle. You're pretty safe in your car or... Like, I don't know. My truck is taller than most cars, so am I a target? Well, well you're,
0: you're safer in your car as long as you're not touching anything outside the car because of the rubber wheels.
1: Oh, so don't, like, put yeah. my hand out I'll, and yeah, catch don't rain. and
0: touch the roof right? Oh, okay. of your car. Don't touch the roof of your car. As long as you're in the car with the rubber tires, you're okay.
1: So I did see the first time it was called it's called a power flash where like the mm. lightning was so big that it blew up a transformer next to me and then I'm like great That's I'm not going to get isn't it? struck yeah it was like a shower <laughs> of sparks I'm like I'm not going to get struck by lightning I'm going to get struck by some telephone some pole, pole that f- falls fall in on you. my
0: electrocutes you in the car.
1: I didn't mean to make fun of these, but some of these,
0: some I, Well, because basically, no scenario is a good scenario. Yeah,
1: you're exactly right. Like, <laughs> it's just, just a terrible idea. There's what just no good, doing?
0: there's no good plan here. No, this doesn't talk about hail and the tornado that's following, you know? so <laughs>
1: <laughs> If you make it through the lightning I would be storm, interested, you're then going to die from if the you tornado. Have,
0: if lightning has hit close to you while you're riding or you've been hit by lightning, let us know because we want to get you on the show. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Send it over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hear from Daily Dose, and then we're going to come back. As if we hadn't had enough weird news today. We're <laughs> this back. whole show's <laughs> been weird news. <laughs> we're going to come back with more. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News.
1: Well, it's not really my weird news. It's your weird news because you are the ones that send it to me. And I would like to thank all the wonderful people that have emailed me, jamie at com, with weird news in the subject line. Because what happens is they're looking at wherever they get their news from and they're like, oh, that's a weird story. And then it triggers them to go, I should email it to jamie at com," And uh, just like... Well, there was one contributor named Glenn who sent me a few. Uh, (laughs) Janelle, Delia, Allison, Laureen, Margaret, Nicole, Tara, Kristanna, and Denise. Uh, All of you, thank you very much for participating in Weird News. I'm going to tell you the story of a a young black bear who was wandering around Washington, a neighborhood in Washington, Glenn. And man, people are just freaked out. And I'm reading the story and I'm like, so, a bear's in Washington. That big surprise. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that big a deal, right? Like, it's Washington, D.C. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a little different. So, there's a young black bear that was roaming around Washington, D.C. And people started freaking out. It went crazy on social media. Of course, immediately everybody's trying to name it. Um, but they had a former perimeter near the 1300 block of Franklin Street to keep people away. And then the young male bear climbed a tree and police used sirens to discourage him from climbing down until capture crews are ready. But he didn't care. He came down anyway and started wandering on yards. And then they were able to tranquilize him and uh, put him into a crate. And they're going to relocate him, quote, somewhere in Maryland. So, good
0: talk <laughs> with Deep that event. in the woods.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're not telling you where. It's just going to be somewhere.
0: Maybe. 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 If we believe them, it'll be somewhere in Maryland. Yeah, it's PC. They're locating him at the White House in the backyard.
1: Uh huh. He was actually like <laughs> five miles from the White House. Um, Lake Barrington, Illinois. Okay. We're in Lake Barrington. And, uh, The police were called and uh, the Lake County Sheriff's deputies were dispatched to a report about a person with a gunshot wound. And so the deputies run, you know, sirens blaring to this house. The man's losing a significant amount of blood. He had to be hospitalized. Somebody shot him. They get him stable and the police go in to interview him. Thank God he was honest. Otherwise, it wouldn't be weird news. Um, <laughs> the man told investigators, quote, I had a dream that someone was breaking into my home. So during that dream, I got up and retrieved my 357 Magnum revolver, and I shot at the intruder. But he shot himself. <laughs> And woke up from the is <laughs> quote when he fired, he shot himself and apparently woke up from the dream. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> you just got shot in the leg. Now, here's the fun part: is um he doesn't have licenses for any of his guns, oh, and so now he's in jail.
0: <laughs> he shoots himself and has to go to jail.
1: If you are a heavy, let me sit down, children. Let me let me have a little talk with you. If you are a heavy sleeper and you have very vivid dreams, and you don't wake up very often with those dreams, let's not have a loaded gun close by. Mm, I mean, just piece idea. of advice.
0: Yeah, Would you call me crazy? No, I, mean, I think you're probably smart. I think that's a good one. Oh, this
1: is a tale of Oklahoma people just really doing the right thing. So there's a a woman, this is a town not too far from here, uh, Tulsa, and there is a woman in Tulsa who was um, going through a Goodwill and she's going up and down the aisles and she's like, oh, what a pretty vase. So she buys the vase from Goodwill and gets it home and went to clean it out and she's like, oh my God. This is an urn. That's right. She bought from Goodwill an urn full of ashes for $6.
0: (laughs) Well, they'll sell anything there all day. (laughs) I know,
1: right? A.B. Turner, uh, sorry, Edmond resident, which is near Tulsa, ended up going to Edmond to buy this urn, and then she found this beautiful vase. Turns out to be an urn. Long story short, goes on social media trying to find the owner of the urn. Whose ashes are these? They actually figured it out. Joe Strickland, who lived in Guthrie, was in the urn. And um, somehow a friend of a friend of a friend connected this. It's a lady that lives in Missouri. And and I love the first sentence, okay? Because I'm going to tell you what actually happened and then what really happened. Okay, (laughs) Missouri woman is able to be with the remains of her loved one again when a woman from Edmond found her ashes and hit their ashes in a vase in a thrift store. She never imagined stumbling across human remains at an Edmond thrift store. It was crazy. I bought it and then I felt like there was somebody there sitting next to me. <laughs> she bought it for $6, brings it home, finds out it's an urn, blah, 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 tracked down this person who um, lives in Missouri now who had moved away. Strickland died in 2011, but Child said Strickland's son gave her the urn containing his ashes. That's the reason I knew his mom, because the vase. And so she said that the ashes were, quote, taken from her home just a year after Joel died. And she hadn't seen the urn in 11 years. Let me tell you what really happened. This kid is like, I've got this iron of my dad's ashes. I don't want it anymore. What do I do with it? I'm going to give it to this lady. And this lady was like, I don't want this anymore. And she's like, I'm just going to donate it to Goodwill. And then it goes to Goodwill. And then it's like a bad penny. It found her again.
0: (laughs) She has to get rid of it all over again. But
1: they didn't put that in the news. They put. Wow! In the next few weeks, a mutual friend plans to pick up the urn from Edmund and make the trip to Missouri to return Joe
0: Strickland. <laughs> <laughs> she Joe. doesn't want him. <laughs> Joe has traveled more after death than he did during life. I know,
1: right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. It's funny. Is this true? All right, and we have to, you know, we always have to end in Florida, as we do, Glenn. I'm so proud of your your state. It started been, in
0: Florida with the giant snail, so I know, yeah. we
1: might as well end. So um there's a uh, you know, Panama City, PCB baby. That's where a uh, 38-year-old boogie boarder Garrison Creamer was when he was boogie boarding, and he probably should have noticed that there was nobody else in the water. Mm. But he's like, Woo!
0: And I the big the red flag on the help. beach.
1: <laughs> Two red flags, Glenn. Two red flags. Because that is in order to get out of the water because of hazardous conditions. And Apparently, in part of those
0: include large, large sharks.
1: <laughs> sharks, undertow. There's all kinds of ways to die in the ocean, which is why I don't participate in the ocean things like cruises and stuff. There's just too many ways to die. And this guy was like, you know what? I get the whole ocean myself. Woo! Spring break! Yeah. Um, so uh, police came and they were like, get out of the water. Get out of the water. And he's like, man, I ain't going nowhere. And then they're like, S- bring more people. And at this point, there's a crowd of people filming because that's what you do. And they're like, get out of the water. It's two red flags. And he's like, man, I ain't coming out of this water. This is the best kind of body surfing and boogie board than i ever seen. So he's out there. He
0: decided to. You need to do that statement with about 12 likes and then it would be better.
1: Be- uh, man, listen, you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so Creamer refused to heed verbal warnings to exit the water. Deputies were called to the scene and then they dispatched a helicopter to get him <laughs> to comply with their orders. <laughs>
0: Are 20- gonna do like the wild horses? They're gonna just shoo him in.
1: Shoo them in <laughs> is uh, like like a helicopter is gonna deter a drunk guy on a boogie board. <laughs> um, so apparently, after a half hour or so, he rode the big one and it took him all the way into shore. And uh, then <laughs> he gets on shore. And all the deputies come over to arrest him. And he took off running down the beach. <laughs> Saying, I'm going to get out of here, man. And I think he dropped his boogie board, uh, left and ran down the beach. And then the police caught up to him. And then he um, you want to take make it. Let's make a bad situation worse. OK, so you're in the water. You're not supposed to be in the water. They dispatch a helicopter to get you out of the water. You finally get out of the water and then you run. And then when the police catch you, what do you do? You start a fight.
0: <laughs> Just to add to the charges. So now
1: he drugs are bad, being, kids.
0: Drugs are bad.
1: He was being charged with a violation of double red flag ordinance. Now he's being charged with double red flag ordinance, obstruction of justice, resisting arrest and battery on a law enforcement officer. PCB, baby, spring break. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: it. How do they I'm submit dead. weird news to you?
1: You can send them to Jamie at com with weird news in the subject line.
0: There we go. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have the Chi University episode, talking about all things Eastern medicine on tomorrow's show. And then uh, really bad ads will happen on Friday. We'll look forward to having you back for that. And you know what happened? There was, in back in 2020, in the height of COVID, I did a when we were getting ready to move to the new to the new house, I did a the ultimate box of crap as a prize for really bad ads. It was a big box of crap. I just really got rid of everything I wanted to not move. And I'm kind of like Stateline Tech. So I sent it out to a winner who happened to live in Canada, but they had it sent to their friend in Michigan or someplace like that. She just picked it up.
1: Oh my Almost gosh. three years later.
0: What? And she posted a picture of all the stuff. And there were some food stuffs in there too. Excuse me.
1: Horse cookies and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I said, maybe you don't, like don't want to eat down.
0: those. <laughs> if and down, throw it out. <laughs> but there was all kinds of other good stuff. She took a picture of it all laid out with her with it and sent it. And I wanted to thank her for that. That was very nice of uh, you to do send it after all. The- three years she waited for that prize. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) I know. That might have been the last time I did a box of crap. I don't know. I don't have much crap anymore. We don't go to trade shows as much as we used to. So I don't get as much crap anymore.
1: And I love the fact that you always said box of crap from your closet. And when I had a cat, my litter box was in our closet. (laughs) I I would always be like,
0: not that box of crap. (laughs) I actually (laughs) had some good stuff in my crap. All right, let's uh, call it a day. Uh, Auditors, hang on. We're going to find out what you like the smell of that nobody else does. And we're going to see if Jamie and I agree with any of these. That's coming up in the post-show. We'll see you in a minute. Time for oh, the auditor. There we go. A-
1: wrong noise. Wrong noise. Gild, it.
0: Too anxious.